Father, we just want to thank you once again this morning for your goodness and your kindness and your mercy in our lives. Lord, we're into the seventh day of the seventh month, the second part of this year, the first month of our 14th year. We just want to thank you. Father, we just want to praise you. Lord, even as we, Father, meditate upon your word this morning, once again I pray, Lord, that you would grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we will know you, that we will see you high and lifted up, that we will truly understand your ways, that you will show us and teach us your paths. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you can turn to Matthew chapter 11, we'll read a few verses and then we can look at a few verses. Familiar passage, we know it very well. Uh, yeah, we are ready. It's verses 28 actually, but uh, I want to put it here so that title today's teaching, come to me. Okay, come to me. It's not me who's saying. <laughs> okay, come let us sing, we sang it, no? It's not not to me, it is to God. Grace Tabernacle Church on the 7th of July, God says, come to me. In John's Gospel chapter 6, one of my favorite passages in the scripture, okay, I mean, every time I get depressed, this is, I mean, I really get, feel so unworthy and I, and, and I know that I'm messed up and feel that as if I can't come back to the Lord. This one verse, I, I just stand on it. John's Gospel chapter 6, verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. What a verse. Every time, you know, I really get frustrated or I know I've, maybe I've fallen and I've fallen away and gone away from God. I've missed his purpose, missed his heart. I say, Lord, your word says, anyone who comes to you. Okay. Raja ke darbar mein, jo bhi aayega, khali haath nahi wapas jayega. No. Whoever comes to the court of a king will not go back empty-handed, is the saying in, Telu, in Hindi. Raja ke darbar mein, jo bhi aayega, khali haath wapas nahi jayega. So, all that father... All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me by no means, by by no means, will cast out. Matthew chapter eleven, of course, twenty verse twenty-eight. Come unto me, all that all ye that labor and are heavy laden, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, we need rest. That is the reason why we are on the seventh day of the seventh month. And uh, what does seventh stand for? Completion or rest. Six days God created. On the sixth day, Adam was created. And on the seventh day, Adam was a, Adam, for, for, for Adam, it was a first day. And he had to enter into God's rest. And what is the first word he heard about him? Very good. <laughs> okay. You are good, man. He's looked at all creation and he looked at Adam and he said, you are good. So come unto me, all ye that labor. And are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Nobody else can say that. Okay, we'll come to that in a few a few minutes as to what it is. In First Kings chapter eighteen and verse thirty onwards, thirty and thirty-one, then Elijah said to all the people, "What did he say? Come near to me." Now, of course, when he says "come near to Elijah," he's not talking about Elijah himself. He's talking about whom who Elijah is representing. He says, "Come near. Don't go away, far from God." You know, one of the things that 
we do often is that when we sin, we sin, we go away from the presence of God. Okay. And that's, that, that's what happens. But the only place that we will actually find rest is the presence of God and nobody else, no, no, uh, no place else. Okay. No, a lot of people when they mess up, they don't, they stop coming to church. Uh, you see, that is the place where you actually have, are supposed to come back. Oh, that is the place where you really, really find rest. You see, um, Genesis chapter 3, right? Remember? And the Lord, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. You see? Well, that's what sin does. And you're hiding from whom? In the presence of the Lord. You see, these verses are not very simple verses. They are laden with meaning. It's incredible depth in this verse, in, the, in these words. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking. Actually, the word, the word in Hebrew says this, the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden when? In the cool. Actually, the word for cool is ruach, the breeze. Okay, so when the Lord comes, he brings along with him what? The very presence of God or the Holy Spirit. Okay. So the Lord God is coming, the picture of God the Father. In the cool of the day. Okay. Day means, day stands for, we are the sons of day. It's light, right? And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Now, the point is, who is there in the presence of the Lord? You know, remember in one of the teaching sessions on prayer, we heard, we looked at a very interesting verse from Isaiah chapter 63, verse 9. What, what is Jesus called? It says in Isaiah chapter 63, verse 9, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. Okay, that is who? No, 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 it was God the Father, okay? And the angel of his presence, who is the angel of his presence? That is Jesus. Okay. Save them. He was afflicted. He sent his son to save them in his love and in his pity. So the cool of the day represents the Holy Spirit. The Lord God walking, the very, very, the presence of God is coming there. And who's there? Jesus is there. God the Father is there. God the Holy Spirit is there. And God the Son is there. All three of them have come to have fellowship with Adam. And what is happening? Adam is hiding. So he was afflicted. The angel of his presence came. That is the reason why he says, unless your presence does not go with me. Okay. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them and he bore them and he carried them all the days of old, but they rebelled against him and grieved us who? The Holy Spirit. You see, again, the three, the triune God coming together to ensure that Adam and Eve come back to him. That is the reason why Genesis chapter three, verse eight will say, cool of the day, the presence of the Lord, and the Lord God himself walking, you see. And he, that, that is what the angel of the presence stands for. The very son of God, who is in the presence of God. See, we, these verses are not small words, okay. When you just, when you read them, you just have to ask God, what are you trying to teach me over here? And you should dig, dig a little deep. See, the word for presence in the in the Hebrew, if you can guess it. Anybody can guess? Excuse me? Panim. Which means what? Faces. Okay. The presence of the Lord. Okay. The faces of God. God doesn't have a face. He has faces. At least two. At least two. The kindness of God and the severity of God. Two faces. Okay. 
So what are, what are we supposed to be? We have to be in the light of his presence means <laughs> we have to have both these pictures in mind. Of course, the severity of God, which will drive, it, drive us away from God, but the kindness of God, which draws us to him. You see, when uh, on Mount Sinai, the law was given, they began to tremble. It was quaking and even Moses says, I also tremble. He doesn't say it in Exodus, in Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews actually says what uh, Moses is thinking when the presence of the Lord comes. That's the reason why Paul will say, when the law came, when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. What does commandment coming means? I understood what the heaviness of the commandment requires from me. Okay. What the commandment actually requires from me when I, when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Okay, so when the whole, when the presence of the Lord came, it was darkness, it was cloud, it was smoke, it was thundering, every, the whole mountain was shaking, and they also began to shake, then they trembled, and you know what they said, what they told Moses? Moses, you go, we will stand afar, lest we die. Okay. Look at, look at what Deuteronomy chapter 18, um, Moses reiterates this to the children of, uh, children of Israel who are entering into the promised land, who possess the promised land. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15 onwards. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. Okay. And the Muslims will say it is Moses. It is not, it is not Muhammad. It is not Muhammad because he is not Jewish. Like me means Moses is Jewish and you are not Jewish. Obviously. Okay. That is where you fail the test. Okay. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Okay. Very clear. Him you shall hear. Why you shall hear him? Look at this. Verse 16. According to all you desired of the Lord your God in Horeb, in the day of the assembly saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire anymore, lest I die. See, this is what, this is what you, this is what you were scared of. You were scared of the presence of God. You looked at the trembling of God. You got the, you looked at the fire from above and you said, I can't stand this. I will die. So what will God do? He will raise up a prophet. Okay. Who's that prophet? Jesus himself. So it says, next verse, and the Lord said to me, what they have spoken, is what they have spoken is good. Verse 17, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren and I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. That's exactly what Jesus did. All that the father revealed to him, exactly what all that the father commanded him, he spoke to his disciples and to his people whom, who listened to him and who wanted to be his disciples, right? So, why we could not stand this presence, we cannot, I'm standing meaning, we're scared. So God says, you know what? I'm going to send you my son. And so how is this possible? How is this that we can approach him? How, how is it possible now we can boldly and confidently come to the throne room of grace? Why is this possible? How is it possible? Has God changed? No, God has remained the same for forever and ever. If you want to have a picture of the throne room of heaven, there are two beautiful chapters in the book of Revelation, chapter 4 and chapter 5. Okay, I'm just going to go through a few verses to see what is there in the presence of God. Okay, so that that we have access to God and God can, and we can confidently go and God also can say, come unto me. Revelation chapter 4, okay. This is uh, uh, John, after he gets the... A letter to the, I mean, he writes a letter to the seven churches and he sees now a vision in heaven. Before the throne, okay, there was a sea of glass like crystal and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes, 
front and in back. What are they doing? They're actually bearing the weight of the throne. Okay. So for ever and ever they're doing that. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. We, I have no idea what these mean. Okay, this is like, like, like. Okay. And only John is able to see all that and he's just only imagining, you know, words also cannot express as to what he's actually seeing. He's trying the best that he can in the Greek that he has to express uh, in the translation that we can have <laughs> to understand what is happening in the presence of God. And then what happens? And the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying what? Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Now, this is what they're saying. Lord, you're holy. That's what even the seraphim said, right? Holy, 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 holy. And the whole temple was filled with this glory. This is what they're saying. This is not just holy, holy. It is Holy, holy, holy. Okay. This is absolute. This is absolute holiness. And they are crying day and night. That is what, uh, there is no time in heaven. So in heavenly time, day and night, they are constantly singing, uh, Lord God Almighty, holy, holy, holy. And then what happens? Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever, cast their crowns before the throne saying, so if day and night they are doing it, day and night they are th- <laughs> they're casting their crowns, I mean this is an incredible picture, okay, so they, what, are they, what are they saying, you are worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power and you, for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created, this is holy, holy God. This is absolute brightness, holy God. Then what happens? Just let's jump to Revelation chapter 5. Okay, I'm just giving you a few verses. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. Okay, and we, we know that song, no? We sang that song once in uh, church. Uh, Pranit led us in that song, okay? Is anyone there? Is anyone worthy to open the scroll, etc.? Beautiful song. And then, so I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders, 24 elders, said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Who is he? The lion of tribe of Judah. Okay, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose its seven seals. And now he's looking in the in the midst of the throne. He's looking for what should he look for? He should look for the lion. That is what he should look for. But what does he see? <laughs> look at the next one. This is the beautiful thing. No, this is the glory of God. No, look at how. What, what does he look? And. I looked and behold in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamp as though it had been slain. You see, what are the, what are the uh, 24 elders and those, on those people, uh, those four living creatures are saying, holy, holy, holy Lord, you are righteous, you are pure, you are holy, oh my goodness, who can stand in your presence? Even the 24 elders, we don't even know who these 24 elders are. A lot of conjectures are there. They are only conjectures. They are no, they are no, uh, you cannot conclusively say that this is what, uh, this is, this is who they are. They are only conjectures. We do not even know who those 24, and the 24 elders, the moment these people sing, they are casting their crowns and they are saying, Baba, what is this God? Who is this God? That's exactly what happens to Isaiah. Woe is me! I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. 
who's going to atone for my sin and what has happened the lion is there but it is not a he's not a lion he is a lamb who was slain that means what the holiness of god and the righteousness of god and the justice of god and the love of god and the mercy of god has been met in the lamb who was slain and all of us have now what have access now what to the throne room of grace you see that? That is the reason why, we remember, uh, one of the teachings was, pastor was talking about the goodness of God. I will make all my goodness pass before you. And what is a goodness? And he's going to declare his name. Look at what it says in Exodus chapter 34. Beautiful verse, no? Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with me, with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. What is the name of the Lord? Then the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, comma. It's not full stop. Okay, that's still not the name of God. Actually, there are seven parts, no? By no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. You know, when I actually was talking to the children sometime back, way two, three, three, two, three years back, I was reading this verse and one of the children asked me, how is it possible that God is saying he's forgiving iniquity here and he says that he will visit the iniquity. What is this God? And I said, you know what? On the cross, the lamb was slain. The iniquity that was supposed to be upon us, the punishment of the iniquity that was supposed to be upon us, he took it upon himself. That is the name of the Lord. That is all the goodness of God. You see, that is the reason why, you know what beautiful verse, First Peter chapter 3 verse 18. This is the verse, First Peter chapter 3 verse 18. It says, for Christ also suffered how many times? Once. Once, actually Hebrews will say, once and for all. That's it. Once and for all. The day of atonement was every year for them. For now this, this atonement one, once and for all. That is the reason why those Jewish people, they celebrate Yom Kippur. <laughs> Kippur means kafar. Comes from the Hebrew word kafar. Kafar means to cover. The day of covering. Where is the bull baba? First of all, where is the high priest? <laughs> the high priest has to offer for himself <laughs> and then he has to offer for the people. There's no high priest, there's no bull, nothing is happening over there. So what do they do? They make it into one ceremony now. We have to fast on that day. We have to repent. How will you repent? What will you have as an assurance for your salvation? Once and for it, it has been done. That is, that is the reason why it's called atonement. You know what atonement means? At one with God. At one meant. At one with God. You have peace with God. Look at what it says. For Christ also suffered. How many times? Once for sins. The just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. Therefore he says what? Come. That he might bring us to God. So we can all go to God through Jesus Christ. Being put to death in the flesh. But being made alive. In the spirit. So he was the one who was slain for us. This is the gospel. That is the reason why we can come to God. You see, we can come to God. Why can we come to God? When we realize that our iniquity, what is the word iniquity means? He was chastised for our iniquities. Iniquity has two things. It is just not sin. It is also the punishment for us. And that is the reason why, you know what Cain will say? My punishment is too much for me to bear. What is that punishment? The iniquity. The same word iniquity means the iniquity has got one part. It has rebellion and the punishment that is due rebellion. Both of these were put on Jesus on the cross and therefore we can come to him. 
Look at it, another verse, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. From what of God? Mm, from the wrath of God. For if we while uh, for if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life? More than that, we also do what? Rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Another translations will use the word atonement or propitiation. So Jesus says, Matthew chapter eleven. Come on to me. <laughs> All ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Now let me tell you something now. Um, actually Spurgeon was the one who was pointing this out now. Um, I'll tell you why I was meditating upon this. If you remember a few weeks back, a few days back, Pastor was talking about, you know, one of the things that we have to constantly keep doing is to Go through the Gospels. Meditate upon the Gospels. So that we can understand the heart of God. You know, the heart of God is revealed in the heart of Jesus. And in all the four Gospels, there is only one place. Actually, Spurgeon is the one who points this out. Who brings this out. He says, there is only one place where Jesus directly makes reference to his heart. If this is my heart. He reveals his heart. You know what he says? Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly where? In heart. This is what he says. I am meek and lowly in heart. What is meekness? You know what meekness means? It is the authority of God under the control of God. Absolutely. It is that is the reason why Moses says he was the meekest man on earth. Why was he a meekest man? He had authority, man. He could just just pick, uh, lift his rod, finished, gone. The entire army of the Egyptians was totally wiped out just by raising the the rod of God. And if he would have raised the rod on the on the rebellious children of Israel, what would God have stopped? No. You know what he did? He said, "Lord, <laughs> not them, Lord." No, that is meekness. That means it's power under control. It is authority under control. The word actually comes from the Greek word, which means to be broken. The one who's been broken. That is the reason why it says, "The meek shall do what." Shall inherit the earth and inheriting the earth, what will they do? They will rule, right? They will rule over the earth. Who will rule? Those people who have the power, who have the authority of God. I mean, who have used the authority of God under the control. They are under control. They are not going to use the authority just for their own selves. It is basically people who are under control. He says, you know what? I am meek. Now think about it. Now, if I say I am meek, what will you say? So a lot of people say, you know, Moses wouldn't have actually written that. I am the meekest. Moses is the meekest man on all the earth. Now, I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay, Let me give you an example. A few, I think this is the beginning of this year. My wife was having a problem in her stomach. Gastros, she had a gastritis issue. Was having severe stomach pain. Uh, in the month of February, whereabouts? January, February. End of Jan, beginning of Feb. So, I took her to the gastro surgeon. So, he looked at her entire report. He looked at the what is that, uh, ultrasound, etc. And uh, he said, you know what, uh, madam, you have to have an endoscopy. It has to be done. And my wife, she hates it, okay. She hates, she says, uh, I can't do this, I can't do this. You know, and she's very, very apprehensive, okay. 
And the doctor said, Madam, I am the best endoscopist in Hyderabad. Now, if what, what will you, what will, what will, if anybody says, I'm the best doctor in the town, what, what, what will happen to you? Yeah, this fellow is boasting, you will say. But in the context in which he has spoken, Madam, I am the best endoscopist in town. What will happen immediately? You say, you know what? I can trust this man. I can trust him. That means he's, he's really something. That means he's not going to harm me. He is going to do the best that he can to ensure that the least damage or the least discomfort will come to me. If all your fears and apprehensions, you know, that is the reason why we have to be confident. In God, not in ourselves. Unsure, we are not unsure. Those who know their God, what? No, 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 no. Will grow strong first. And then they will do mighty exploits. They have confidence. You see, Elisha, uh, sorry sir, uh, we have a problem with the water supply in our town. <sighs> Come on, get the problem. What's the problem? Come on, let's, let's get, let us, let us just get it solved, okay? I mean, you, every, it's as if Elisha is one person who is never worried about any problem. He's absolutely sure in God. Hey, we have an issue. Um, the creditors are coming and they're asking, what do you have in your home? Let's solve it now. Okay. Let's get it done. Okay. What is that? You see, when God says, I am meek and I'm powerful, He's not actually not boasting. You know what? You can come to me. I'm not going to reward you after your sins. Okay. You can fall a million times, but you can still come to me. Because you know what? As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. For he remembers what? Your frame, <laughs> that you are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. Very, very humbling. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. And the wind passeth over it and it is gone. And the place thereof, <laughs> sorry, who's Vijay Thakota? It doesn't remember anymore. But the mercy of the Lord is from what? Everlasting to everlasting. You see, his anger is but for a moment, but his mercy, it says, endureth. How long? Forever, my dear brothers and sisters. Therefore, he says, I am meek. He says, you know what? You can trust me, guys. Come to me. Do not let your sin drive you away from my presence. Come to me. Come to me. And you will find what? Rest. I'm meek. And I'm lowly. Now, that's the heart of Jesus. What is he? I'm, that is the reason why he says, a bruised reed, I will not. That why? why, why? Is there any wonder that sinners like to throng around Jesus? He said, boy, who is this man? They just want to come. And they'll, you remember the woman who came and, uh, in, in uh, Simon's, the Pharisee's home? <laughs> you see that? Superb. They just came to him. All this is possible because there's a holiness of God, but right in the midst of the four living creatures and the 24 elders is a lamb that was slain and it has made us possible that we can come to the throne of grace. Why? Through the new and the living way that has been made more possible to us through the body and the blood of his son. Hebrews chapter 4. Seeing then that we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus 
the sun. He has passed through the heavens, meaning, <laughs> meaning all the heavens actually was, the heaven said, you know what? No, there's no access to man anymore. There was a second heaven. He passed through that. He passed through the heavens. He came to the throne of God. And he says, he took the blood of his covenant and he put it on the mercy seat where? Right in the holy of holies, in the, in the heavens. He passed through the heavens. Jesus, Son of God, let us hold fast of our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but in all points. Everybody say, all points? All points. Now you think about any point that you struggle with. Struggle with unforgiveness, struggle with temptation, lust, covetousness, anger, envy, tempted in all points. Just as we were, and yet without sin. Therefore, let us come how? Boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. You see that? Everybody? <clears throat> look at what it says in uh, James chapter 3. I like this uh, verse. Just verse 13. You don't have to look at the entire verse. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the what? Meekness of wisdom. Even You know what? The wisdom of God is meek. The meekness of of wisdom. That means one of the things of wisdom of, is that you are meek. What is meekness? As I, as I said, authority and power under the control of God. But if you are bitter and be and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, it is sensual, and it is demonic. That is the reason why Proverbs chapter 9 will say, you know what it says? Wisdom has built her house. You know? What does it do? It has Built her house. Whose wisdom? Actually, it says her. It is him also. It is personification of Jesus. Because wisdom in the Hebrew is feminine. Okay, Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. What does it, say? What does it mean? He has built a sure house. Absolutely sure. He's got, he's got seven pillars. What does seven stand for? Completion. That means it's a perfect and a complete foundation. It is not going to fall. What has she, what has she done? She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. Okay. Wine stands for joy. Okay. She has mixed her wine. Why is joy possible? Because she has slaughtered her meat. <laughs> okay. Somebody has to atone for your sin. And that, that is only when joy comes, right? It's all there. Okay. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. Maidens, she cries out, which is a gospel again. She cries out from the places of the city. Whoever is simple. What does that mean? Simple means? Simple means those people who can be easily influenced. Okay. Let him turn hither. As for him who lacks understanding, she says, come unto me. Eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. See. And what is that seven pillars of wisdom? It's meekness of wisdom. You see, James chapter 3, we know this verse very well. Who is wise and understanding, let him show his conduct by the meekness of wisdom. And verse 16, 17, but the wisdom that is from above is is first what? Pure. It is absolutely pure. This, what we call as something which will, which will uh, excite reverence. That's what pure means. Okay? Peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. Full of mercy and good fruits. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. You see, this is wisdom from God. 
Okay, so come to me. God says, come. And the person who comes to him, he will know wise, cast out. So there's one man who comes. But how do we come to him? That is the point, right? We have to come. But there are certain ways in which we come to Jesus. So we'll see as to how we should come to him. And we will see a very simple passage in John's Gospel chapter 3 and understand <clears throat> how we can come to Jesus. Okay, verse 13 of John's Gospel chapter 3. And you know what is John's, uh, John's Gospel chapter 3 is talking about uh, Nicodemus, right? Remember Nicodemus who comes to Jesus when? In the dark of the night and uh, Jesus is having a discourse and in the discourse he says you ought to be born again, etc. And during the course of his discourse, uh, in his discussion, this is what he mentions in chapter 3 of John and verse 13 onwards. <clears throat> and no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. Who's that? Even the son of man, which is in heaven. No, he is also now in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, what did Moses do? He lifted up the serpent, uh, serpent in the wilderness. Even so, the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in, believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. Okay. So, for God so loved the world. This verse sixteen. We know this verse very well. For God so loved the world, etc. So, but the key verse is: How is it possible that you can have everlasting life? Verse fourteen. And as Moses what lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Now the point is, what does it mean for the serpent to be lifted up or for the son of man to be lifted up? Even so the son of man should be lifted up. That's what it says, right? What does it mean for the son of man to be lifted up? What is it trying to uh, say through this particular word? We should, we should compare scripture with scripture and you will find in John's gospel chapter 12, this is what is what he's talking about. John's gospel chapter 12 verse 31 onwards. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of the world be cast out. Verse 32. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Verse 33, he is explaining what the lifting up means. This he said, signifying what death he should, with what death he should die. This is talking about the cross. Signifying. I be lifted up. Uh, I think he says, um, how do we how do we draw people to a, to Jesus? Just by preaching the cross. That is the reason why Paul says, when I came to you, I did not know anything except what? Christ and him crucified. It's the preaching of the cross which will draw people to them. Okay. This he said signifying what death he should die. And verse 34, they had a confusion. The people answered him and said, we have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. Meaning they understood what it means. Okay. And how sayest thou the son of man must be lifted up? Who is the son of man? You see that? <laughs> Who is the son of man? And Jesus is saying, unless I am lifted up, only then will I draw. And what is he talking about? He's talking about his death. And only through his death, new birth is possible, right? John's, and whom did he say this to? That I should be lifted up? John's Gospel chapter 3. No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. And same, similarly, as Moses was lifted up, uh, lifted, uh, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the son of man should be lifted up. So he was talking about a very specific incident in the old covenant where this particular serpent, bronze serpent is talked about, right? Now, you need to understand the entire Old Testament is talking about the cross. Everywhere you find, you find the message of the cross. And particularly this particular passage, we'll, we'll see from this particular passage how we can come to God. How we should come to God and how we should approach Him. Okay, let us see. What are the steps that we should, 
uh, we should uh, we should take in order for us to come to God so that we can avail the forgiveness so that we can truly enjoy rest. All right. Let us see from Numbers chapter twenty-one. This is very very famous. Uh, we looked at it in several times, several points, in several contexts. One more time, and there'll always be surprises. Okay. Chapter 21 and verse 4 onwards. <clears throat> then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. Okay. Actually, the word for discouraged is they were reaping what they sowed. That's what it means. Okay. And where <laughs> they were going along the land of Edom. What does Edom stand for? The flesh. Okay. And this, if you sow in the flesh, you see everything is there in the in the Bible. Okay, you will reap. They were reaping the harvest of sowing in the flesh. They became very discouraged. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food, no water. And our soul loathes this worthless bread. Boy. So the Lord sent. Who sent? Lord sent, okay, fiery serpents among the people. Now let me tell you what the word for fiery serpents is. Fiery means seraph. Okay, fiery ones. <laughs> okay. I mean, sometimes I really laugh when people name their children. No, they, I think they've run out of names in the Bible. Ah uh, yeah, one of the children in our school, his second name is Seraphim. I said, Baba, <laughs> what a name. <laughs> some some Jesse Seraphim or something I said, oh, that's a fantastic name to have. <laughs> it's like calling somebody Albert Einstein, no? <laughs> the weight of a name. <laughs> Seraphim. I said, boy. <laughs> Michael, okay. Gabriel, okay. Seraphim. Directly. No, he's not even Archangel now. <laughs> he's directly Seraphim. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they Bit the people and many of the children died. What does the safari serpent stand for? It stands for the wrath of God. Okay. And when you sin, you will die. The wages of sin is death. Now, the problem is, what has happened to you? Why has the wrath of God come? They spoke against the Lord and against Moses. Why did they speak against the Lord and, the Mo- and, and against Moses? Because they were going around Edom and their soul became extremely discouraged. And they became Discouraged and they started speaking against the, against the Lord. And what did they speak? They said, why have you brought out of us out of Egypt? That means we love Egypt, first thing. <laughs> okay, we love it. Where did you bring us into? Into the wilderness. We hate separation. <laughs> we don't like it. Okay. Then what has happened? You have, there is no water, there is no food. What? That means we don't like this water. We don't like this food. That means we are blind to the spiritual. We don't have the taste for the spiritual. Okay. Third. Fourth, we hate this food. We hate the things of God. And not only that, we call that we have what, what kind of bread? This worthless bread. We curse. The word is worthless is to curse. To curse the things of God. And then who brought us up? You brought us up. We don't take personal responsibility. This is complete man. Complete man of the flesh. We speak, and finally, this is six one seven. We speak against God and against His servants. Ultimately, no. Every message, no. <laughs> the problem is with the preacher. <laughs> oh, he was thinking about me only. <laughs> he was thinking about me only. 
Praise God. If that is the case. <laughs> no, only two people are saying amen, Baba. Huh? The rest of the people, they're showing the true colors in the silence. <laughs> okay. We speak against God and against His. We don't take personal responsibility. We love Egypt. Now the problem is, what is God doing? He has allowed the serpents to come and they're biting them. Okay. You should never leave these words alone like this. I told you they're always surprises. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. Now the point is, what is the bite of the serpent? Bite. If the serpent bites, how, would, how do you feel? Is a question. Now we don't have to be bitten by a serpent literally to feel it. We need to understand from the Bible what does it mean for the serpent to bite. So I will show you one verse. Okay. Now the question is, you should get guess from the verse what is it to be bitten by a serpent. Okay. What does it, the word bite? Bite. Bite ante ante. Okay. Kututa ante ante. What does it mean to be bitten by the serpent? Okay. Let us see. Show you one verse. Okay. One verse from that, from there you should understand. But let us, before we go to, our, go to that one verse, let us see another place where this is mentioned. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. Whosoever breaketh an hedge, a serpent will bite him. Now the point is, what is the bite of the serpent? So the bite of the serpent is important for us. Okay. Now let us, let me show you a verse and you guess what is the word for bite. Okay. Deuteronomy chapter 23. Everybody ready? You shall not charge interest to your brother. Interest on money or food or anything that is lent on interest. Now tell me what is the word for bite? Interest. What is the bite of the serpent? Interest. To a foreigner you may charge interest. But your brother you shall not charge interest. That means if you are in the house of the, I will tell you what it means. That the Lord your God may bless you in all to which you set your hand in the land which you are entering to possess. So what is the bite of the serpent? I will tell you an example. No, One of my uh, relatives, okay, very close relatives, okay, she bought an apartment. The apartment is about 28 lakhs. Okay, She saved up about, about 20, 20 lakhs close to and uh, she was falling short of 10 lakhs. 20 lakhs she gave gave off to the fellow and for 10 lakhs she took a loan. For 10 lakhs. 10 lakhs, no. And then she went on this uh, loan repayment program which is called as EMI and in, in abroad they are called, it is called as mortgage. I mean mortgage means death trap. Okay. No, every month she's been paying regularly she's paying interest. What is she paying? Interest. After several years she was so happy that she paid off close to about I think uh, 6 or 7 lakhs of interest she paid. And I mean, EMI she paid, not interest, EMI she paid. And she went to the bank and she said, how much of loan is still left? Uh, Madam, till now you have been paying the interest. Now from now on the principal is still left. She was so furious. You see, what is the loan amount? 10 lakhs. What is interest amount? 7 lakhs. And what have we been paying? Interest. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something. Who allowed this? God. In this context. 
let let me tell you something you sin in your life you will be only paying interest and never will the principal be wiped out never never it's the bite of the serpent my dear brothers and the whole world system is based upon what interest dead to trap and when we hear listen to people's uh, testimonies i've come out of debt i'll tell you something <laughs> i can relate to that from the bottom of my heart it is like a sword hanging on your head my parents that took a home loan from bank those i mean from their from railways those days about i think 1 lakh rupees or something and for 15 years my father has been only paying interest only interest and what is god bible saying bible is saying if you come again i mean rebellion ultimately will invite the bite of the serpent god has in, in, in uh, has allowed it and what is going to happen to you all your life you will be only paying interest and never the principal is wiped out that's exactly what happens on the day of yom kippur every day they have to, every year they have to go for atonement what is it it is a resigning of the contract what is the resigning of contract i will pay interest <laughs> the principal about is still there the principal about is still there baba it is it is a resigning of the contract the bite of the serpent it's usury my dear brothers you know why god says i hate why i hate usury simply because it is the interest on sin he, he, this is this is this is his heart and what is happening people you fall into sin all your life you'll be paying interest you know what the are enjoy now you can pay later who said that you know credit card debt is one of the number one debts in the us you get into debt in the us my dear brothers you will be stealing from paul and paying peter and that means you will be swiping one credit card to pay another credit card no minimum payments that is a oh, total deception of the first order Okay, so my dear brothers and sisters, never get into debt. It's a, it's a principle in life. To have a debt-free life, you may not have much, but in the morning when you grow, get up, I don't owe any man anything, Baba, except the debt of love, of course. What a tremendous confidence it will give you, Anand. Think about it. So it's interest. No, he says, "What did I do when I came? I wiped out your interest and your principal also." So when you give a brother on, on uh, some loan, what should you do? You should never charge interest. That's exactly what happened to that fellow. No, one steward he owed how many talents? Ten thousand talents. Sell him, sell all that he has and his body, everything also, and ask him to pay. When will he be pay, able to pay back ten thousand talents? Impossible. all his lifetime he'll be paying what not even interest part of the interest that is a bite of the serpent and why did the bite of the serpent come two reasons two reasons the bite of the serpent comes first reason here in the context proverbs chapter 23 proverbs chapter 23 who has a woe who has sorrow who has contentions who has complaints who has wounds without a cause who has redness of eyes How many who's one, two, three, four, five, six? 
those who linger long at the wine those who go in search of mixed wine wine is not they don't like do not they don't like uh, uh, wine anymore they like cocktails mixed ah huh? exactly mixed wine and uh, if you don't like a cocktail you'll 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 order for a mocktail okay <laughs> okay mocktail those who linger those who linger long at wine, those who will go in search of mixed wine, do not look on wine when it is red. That's what I told you, no? When the beer is poured, it is chilled. And it goes down your throat, it is thrilled. And after you are thrilled, you are billed. And then you drive on the street and you are killed. You are bitten by the serpent. And what happens if you don't die? You'll be paying insurance for the rest of your life. You know, they said, no, in US and Canada, if you have an accident, better die. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise. So, do not look at wine when it is red. When it sparkles in the cup, when it swirls around smoothly. Ah, kya baat hai. You know how they, how they taste wine? Yeah. At the last, it will bite as a serpent. What is the bite bitten of the serpent? It will take interest. It means you will be consuming and consuming and consuming more and more alcohol and lesser and lesser satisfaction. It is what we call as a law of diminishing returns. That's exactly what sin does. If you're in the context of wine, anything you take, movies, sex, outside marriage, you see, you take anything, what it does, it promises a lot, delivers very little. Very little. You know, why do you, how is life, bro? Boy. Fantastic life of sin. It's like, it's very fantastic, but you're only in the spring and in the summer of sin. Then comes the what? Fall. <laughs> First comes the fall. <laughs> then comes the winter. <laughs> I mean, you should see when you, when you come to the fall of sin, it looks so beautiful. But you know what? It is actually dead leaves looking beautiful. It's dead leaves, my dear brothers. You come to fall in Canada and US, no, it's called the best season because it's all beautiful. What is it? Death is beautiful. After, after that comes the winter and the whole place is what? Death all around. No leaves, nothing. I'm telling you, no, you have to walk through the graveyard in winter in Montreal. I walked it. Walk through the graveyard. In summer it looks beautiful. It's now covered with ice all around and no leaves on the, on the, on the, on the, on the trees. And you know what? It's gray, my dear brothers. It's gray and the, the cold hits your bones. It literally hits your bones. It's the chillness and the coldness of the weather. You're only in the summer of your sin. <laughs> the first comes the fall. And then comes the winter. It hits your bones. It's called, you know, one of the winters in Montreal was negative 54 with wind chill. Negative 54. <laughs> you can imagine, negative. Forget about positive uh, 45, okay? We have seen 48, etc. Imagine negative 54. Negative 54 with wind chill. 
You just can't take your hands out of your gloves like that. Okay. You get out of your heated home, jump into the heated uh, uh, bus and get into the heated university. Everything is heated. Listen. The bite of the serpent. You know why? It's pleasure. What does it do? It promises a lot. And therefore, what does it actually give you? It gives you woes. It gives you sorrows. It gives you contentions. Why is there contentions in families? Why is there no unity in homes? It is because of sin. Simply. Simply because of sin. Why is there sorrow in homes? Why is there no joy? Why are their marriages broken up? Why are there so many people suffering with financial problems? Simply because they have been bitten by the serpent. And they don't realize it. They've been shopping and shopping and shopping till they drop. They take loan after the my goodness, you should see how many people live on EMIs in a in a in a in a in a, in a month. Everything in their home is EMI. Everything is EMI. Not in not even one thing they can say it is my own. Payment plan, it is called. They always will have one hand in your in your pocket. Their hand, not yours, okay? In your pocket. Suddenly you'll see, you know. 17 rupees 50 paisa deducted from your IOB account. What is this? SMS charges. SMS charges? To send one SMS, 17 rupees. That is the reason why went to Google Pay. You see that? At the last it bites like a serpent. Who has wounds without a cause? Who has a redness of eyes? And what happens? They linger long. Why do they linger long? Hoping that it will give them pleasure. But they don't realize it's been, you have been bitten by a serpent. My goodness. You see, you do certain things, your children will pay the price. Okay. Verse 33. Your eyes will see what? Strange things. And your heart will utter powers things. Yes, you will be like the one who lies down in the midst of the sea or like the one who lies on the top of the mast. Saying, hmm, they have struck me. I'm still studying. That's what Pastor was saying, no? <laughs> that fellow is struck like black and blue. He still says, I'm studying. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing happened, nothing. That is an Indian way of saying. They have beaten me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? That I might have another drink. You see, it promises a lot until it was very little. Until you become an addict. I'm telling you, this this century is full of addicts. Full, full. Addict to any and everything. That's the bite of the serpent. Another reason why is to why you why you what is what is what does it mean to be bitten by a serpent? Let me show you another verse. Ecclesiastes chapter ten verse eight. We looked at it. No, he that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whosoever breaketh an hedge. Okay, the very interesting word hedge means it's a border, it's a boundary. So what does it mean? If you cross God's boundaries, you will be ah the the serpent will bite you. It will take what? What will it take from you? Interest. No, the boundaries are gone. No, the bond, now, nowadays bond, there are 75 genders. 75 genders now. In the US and Canada. 75 genders you can pick, pick from. What do you feel today? Out of the 75 possible options. 
ఎల్ జీ బీ టీ క్యూ ప్లస్ ఏబిసిడిఈఎఫ్జి ఆల్ఫా ఒమేగా ఎక్సెట్రా ఐ వాజ్ డ్రైవింగ్ డౌన్ దట్ రోడ్ నియర్ జూపిటర్ కాలనీనో దే వాజ్ ఆన్ బజార్ ఏ టు జెడ్ బజార్ నో నో ఎల్జీబిటీక్యూ ఏ టు జి నో ఆల్ఫా ఒమేగా capital small everything they will had now what has happened they have actually removed every hedge possible now in canada if a man feels like a man and a woman feels like a woman you should say hallelujah praise the lord what have we come to what have we come to you know the one the one graduation christian school graduation i was watching the other day in 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 canada and the pastor was saying thank god in my church the boys are dressed like boys the girls are dressed like girls praise the lord i said baba i saw no but india mein aana please what has happened hedges are gone and what has happened now the problem is are you satisfied today you will feel like a woman tomorrow you will feel like a girl oh, sorry boy and suddenly you will know what you do not know what to do then you will get married to a man you being a man you will divorce that man what is what is going on over here are you satisfied it is taking interest it is killing you don't you see it it's killing you it says god gave them over to world dishonorable passions their men dishonored their bodies with men with men women with women why because they did not choose to honor the lord they what the wrath of god is being poured out upon all ungodliness and unrighteous of men who what who suppress the truth in unrighteousness or they hold the truth they know the truth but they choose to believe lie all had just gone you see number of times people are married in islam you should only you can marry four times okay our prophet will be married 11 times no problem enadade who is this prophet john's gospel chapter 4 look at what it says no jesus answered and said to her whoever drinks of this water will thirst again thirst again it will keep on taking interest from you it will not satisfy you how many husbands five husbands six six fellow is not even your husband but the water that i shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life there was another guy who was morally upright morally upright look at what it's what he says i i, I like the way it is it is it is it is put it in the nasb okay this is matthew chapter 19 in the nasb and we know this uh, passage very well it's the it's the the parable of the rich young ruler right matthew chapter 9 and someone came to him and said teacher what good thing shall i do so that i may obtain what eternal life it means i should be eternally satisfied i should have the feeling that all my debts have been paid for okay look at what it says and he said to him why are you asking about what is good there is only one who is good but if you want to enter life keep the commandments look at what it says and he said to him which ones jesus said you shall not commit adult murder you shall not commit adultery you shall not steal you shall not have, bear false testimony honor your father and mother and you shall love your neighbor as your how many now look at what it says the next verse is superb the young man said to him all these i have kept 
what am I still? That means I've been doing all this and I'm feeling that I'm still paying the what? Interest. <laughs> I still feel, I still owe a huge debt which I'm not able to pay. You know what Jesus says? Ah, 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 ah. He said to him, if you want to be complete, what is <laughs> you want to get a, a note, you know, totally paid, completely, your all debts have been written off. You want that? You want that certificate? You want that certificate? Sell all your possessions. Give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. And when the young man heard that statement, he went away grieving. For he was one who owned much property. What is the problem with rich people? Look at what it says. What is the problem with rich people? You want to know what the problem with rich people is? Psalm 49. Look at what it says. Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches. None of them, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is costly. (laughs) And it shall not cease forever that he should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. It means in, a, in your for the rest of your life and rest of all eternity, you will be only paying interest and never the principal will be wiped out. That is the reason why Jesus says, come to me, Baba. Come, 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 come. Come. Then what happened? Number, number chapter 21. So if you want to come to him, what should you say? Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. No, he didn't stop there. You see, you should qualify it. Don't be vague. About what is your sin? You want to come to God? Okay, it says, whoever confesses and forsakes. He is called the apostle and the high priest of our confession. We have sinned. Don't be vague. Specifically say, for we have spoken against the Lord and against Moses. You see, that is when <laughs> clarity. <laughs> you see, relationships are not easy. <laughs> okay. Relationships, you can't, you know, Jesus did not die for mistakes, no? He only died for sins. Okay. I made a mistake. No atonement for mistakes. Only for sin. Mm, simple, no. I made a mistake. No, that's better. <laughs> that is better. Okay. Uh, no, this is, the, that is the best thing. Galti ho gaya, galti ke liye Bhagwan, I mean, Yeshu nahi, nahi, nahi mara. Paap ke liye mara. Galti se mistake ho gaya. <laughs> that is Indian, Indian way of saying. No? We have sinned and he is qualifying it. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Therefore, please pray. So qualify your sin. Sami. Qualify your sin. Okay. Then Saul said to Samuel, look at what it says. I have sinned. Okay. Till there it is fine. For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord. Fantastic. And your words, great. Huh. Because I fear. I you can stop there, no? You want to put a comma. Because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Who's the problem? See, there's an age-old problem, no? Adam, I told you, no? Madam, that's the problem. Adam, what is your problem? Madam, he said, you gave me. 
Now therefore please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return. See, you you, you, know, you know some pickup lines, uh, if you go on a date, no? Your pickup line has to be good. <laughs> what, is, what kind of a pickup line is this? I'm not coming, I'm not convinced. I will not return with you. For you have rejected the word of the Lord. And the Lord has rejected you from being the king of peace. And this guy doesn't learn his lesson. Look at what he, he, again, again, okay. Then he said, I have sinned. And yet, honor me. Now please. You see, you have to qualify your sin specifically. I have sinned. I blew it. I messed up. He will never do that. That is the reason why only one person in the Old Testament, I think one person and also Micah, right? When they said, we, I have sinned, God said, I have taken away your sin. Who is that only one person? David and of course Micah. All the other persons, Balaam, Pharaoh. Ah, we heard about Pharaoh yesterday in the Tuesday Bible study. <laughs> you say, please pray for me also. <laughs> what a Pharaoh. Please pray for me also. Entreat dear God for me. Don't go too far. <laughs> See, Pharaoh's repentance is there. Balaam's repentance is also there. I want to die the death of righteous. But I want your money also. I want your money also. You know, there's one verse in 1 Kings chapter 15, if I'm right. 1 Kings or 2 Kings chapter 15. Don't have to turn there. It says, um, Asa, one of the kings of of Judah, he loved the Lord with all of his heart and yet the high places were not removed. It's remarkable. I mean, I want to preach on 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 that one day. I want to do a study. You can love the Lord with all of your heart and your high places are still not removed. It's amazing. Asa, Asa, right? Asa. So Samuel turned back after Saul and Saul worshipped the Lord. What did he worship? You see, I have sinned. Qualify it specifically. I have rebelled against you. I have committed adultery. <laughs> Simple. I mean, you have to confess. You see, confession. He's called a high priest of our confession. Luke 15. But when he came to himself, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough? And to spare and I perish with hunger, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy. This is very good. Fantastic. This is what I want. It is called realization. (laughs) Authentic realization. To be called your son. So first thing, I have sinned and qualify it specifically. Then, Therefore the people came to Moses. We have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against Moses. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. We want what? All this usury and the debt and this principle about to be removed from us. This thing is too heavy. You know, you should come to the point in your life you are so tired of your sin. Tired. Every month I'm going to the bank and I'm only seeing that the interest is being paid and the principle is never coming down. You should be tired. You know, I'm putting it in context, you know why? Because we all have experienced that in one level or the other. Now we have taken debts left, right and center. Now it's like hanging on our head. It's become a giant thing and 
When is this car is going to be removed from our lives? I, I, I don't know. I know in the US, no, people have student loans for the rest of their life they paid. Student loans. It's a huge, huge, huge debt. National debt. Okay. Pay now. <laughs> Repent. <laughs> Later. No, that's not going to happen. So Moses prayed for the people. What did he do? Moses prayed for them. What did God do there for? Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent. Make a fiery serpent. Set it on a pole. That means what? What should quench fire? Fire. I love that. That means the very curse which God sent, if it has to be atoned for, it has to be atoned for another fire. The wrath of God was coming. And who's the only person who can take it? Jesus. God can quench God. Nobody else. The wrath of God can be quenched by God himself. That is the reason why it is God who was crucified. Right? And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. He only has to do what? He just has to look at it. He has to believe. So Moses made a bronze serpent. And what did what did he do? Then the Lord said, make a fiery serpent. So Moses made a bronze serpent, put it on a pole. So it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. This is it. So Romans chapter 3 will say something very powerful. It says, but now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So in Numbers chapter 21, who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus himself. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. To all! And on all who believe. For there is no difference. Why? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We owe an eternal debt to be paid. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then what happens? Goes on to say. Beautiful verses. Whom God set forth as a propitiation. If you want to satisfy the wrath of God, God himself can. Propitiation means satisfaction. By his blood. You've you've, you've been redeemed, not by perishable things like gold and silver, but by the precious blood of Christ, right? To demonstrate his righteousness. Because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Therefore, if you confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins. You see that? Why? Colossians chapter 2. And you being dead in your trespass and uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. How? Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements, all your debts, eternal debts with interest and principle. Thank you very much. Principle and interest that was against us, which was contrary to us, was paid for. That is the reason why, you know, when he, when he hung on the cross and he died, it says, it is finished. You know what finished means? Tetelestai paid in full. Over. You have the certificate from the bank. You don't owe anything anymore to the bank. But you know how to do that? What should you do? Confess your sin and don't qualify it. Qualify it. Precisely according to the word of God. In other words, if I did this, say this. You know, don't have to uh, hide anything. Don't, don't have to camouflage it. Don't have to embellish it. Sin is sin. You know, I have to be raw with God. Pachi kundala mata. Pachi nijal pal. Pachi. 
పచ్చి పచ్చి ఏనో తెలుగు చేశాను పచ్చి మీన్స్ రా దిస్ ఇస్ వాట్ ఐ డిడ్ లాడ్ దిస్ ఇస్ వాట్ ఐ యామ్ గాడ్ లవ్స్ దాట్ యూ సి హీ డజన్ ఎంబారస్ హీ నెవర్ and he was a man of god will never embarrass you too generally genuine man of god he has taken it out of the way he has nailed it to the cross and what happens once he has nailed he has done something very powerful christ has redeemed colossians chapter sorry this is galatians chapter 3 sorry verse 13 christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law how did he redeem us by becoming a curse for it is written Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. This is not Colossians. This is uh, Galatians 3. Sorry. I'll just change it right away. Galatians 3. Okay. And verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, he himself became a fiery serpent. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Okay. So that is the preaching of the cross. On the cross. The righteousness of God and the justice of God paid all our principle, all our interest. And now what you can do? You can come boldly and confidently to the throne of grace. But on the other hand, if you reject, you will still be under the curse. Genesis chapter 4. And he said, what have you done? This is Cain. The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. He refused, right? So now, you are cursed. You see that? From the earth. Who has, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Because you did not confess. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on all the earth. Means, all your life you will be restless. You know, the one person who's restless the person who's gone away from the presence of the lord and you know who are who are the other people who are the other people who are actually restless do you know who are the other people who are restless not other people who are the other beings who are restless excuse me excuse me not the when the evil spirit has come out of a man it goes about in dry places seeking not rest it will never find it they are restless and the man who has gone away from the presence of God and has never confessed his sin will be restless. Restless. So this morning, God says, if you want to be complete, come to me. Come. Come. Just confess your sin. Matthew chapter 11. Last verse. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest yourselves. For my yoke is easy and I burden is light. So see, this is so simple. Now, the gospel is so simple. So simple. All, all your life you want to pay interest. <laughs> you want your debts to be completely. That is the reason why Paul says, you know what? Drops of grief can never repay the debt of love I owe. Not Paul, the hymn writer. Drops of grief can never repay the debt of love I owe. Here, O oh God, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. And we sang that, no? Today. When I survey the, I thought it was such an apt song. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died. 
my riches gain, I count but loss, and pour contempt on all my pride. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingle down. Did ever such love and sorrow meet, nor thorns compose so rich a crown? You see, he died on the cross so that he can become he became sin for us. He became curse for us. He became poor for us. And you know what he says? I will give you beauty for your ashes. And what? A garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Take away the yoke. You can come to him and you can feel absolutely clean and, and pure and absolutely, what do you say? Uh, have a clear conscience before God and man simply by coming to him on his terms and say, Lord, this is what I've done. No questions asked. This is what I did. Lord, please forgive me. And those who come to me, in no wise he will cast out. Therefore, come to him this morning. Come to him this week. Seventh day of the seventh month. It's a good way to come to him and say, Lord, this is what I am, Lord. Forgive me, O Lord. Cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a clean heart. Don't give me a clean heart. What? Create in me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit. And God will say, you know what? Those who come to me, in no wise... I will cast him out. So let's pray this morning. And let us not truly take a few moments and say, Lord, forgive my sin. Maybe Peter can come and lead us in song. No, that song, we love that song. No, when I survey the wondrous cross, let us sing that song from the bottom of our heart and say, Lord, this morning I want to come to you. Truly, I want to repent. You're giving me a fresh chance. Second part of this, of this year, of 2021. I want to come to you, O Lord. The gospel is very simple, my dear brothers. Sin promises a lot. It delivers very little. Your self-righteousness will never ever be able to take away the debt of sin, the debt of uh, debt that you owe to God. You will still be left empty in your heart and you will still say, what am I lacking? Your works, your righteousness, your goodness is like filthy rags before God. So just come to him. It's a simple gospel message. Come to him. All of us, we have to hear the gospel over and over again because so many of us try to please God through our own works. We'll never be able to pay away that debt. The bite of the serpent will still be there. The sting, the sting of sin will still be there. survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died my riches gain I count by loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my 
of bullocks and rams cannot satisfy the debt of love that we owe. It can only remind us of the debt that we have to pay. The blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. Lord, the cross, the cross, which shows your love, where mercy and truth have met, have kissed each other, where righteousness and peace have met. Oh Lord, this morning we come to that cross. And I pray, Lord, that you would break our hearts. Show us, Lord, what our rebellion cost you. That, Lord, to quench the poison of fiery serpents flowing through our veins, you became that fiery serpent on the pole. You became cursed. Can we ever understand, O Lord, what you endured on the cross? When you said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken? That you experienced that eternal loss that in that singular moment, O oh Lord Father. When on the cross, where the justice, the wrath, the holiness, and the mercy and the love and the goodness of God met. <laughs> you poured your severity on, upon your son. So that you could show to us your goodness. 
This morning, Lord, we come to you. We have begun the seventh month. And we want to have the sense of being complete. Oh Lord, our works, even after have after we have become believers, oh Lord, so many times we can trust in our own obedience, in our own righteousness, oh Lord. And that becomes a stumbling block because you said in your in your in your word in your in the book of Ezekiel, you said, Oh Lord, if any man, if a righteous man trusts in his own righteousness, and when I cause a stumbling block, and he stumbles, all his righteousness will not be counted. Oh Lord, may we never trust in our own works, oh Lord. Even in our own obedience, it is because what you have done, what even the obedience that we have shown, oh Lord, cannot be even compared, oh Lord, Father, to what you demand from us. But yet, oh Lord, you are still meek. You are still lowly in heart. And this morning, we want to come back to you, oh Lord. We want to come back to you, Lord Jesus. We don't want to have the sense of guilt, the sense of of the of the bite of the serpent hanging on our spirits, O oh Lord. Take it away. We believe, O oh Lord, simply we put our trust on the work of your son on the cross for our sin. The death, the burial, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he could say, Oh death, where is, your, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? You've removed the bite of the serpent. The stink of sin is gone. <clears throat> and all that the enemy can do can only buzz. He doesn't know that his sting has been removed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. This morning, and even as we enter entered into this week, into this into this month, oh Lord, seventh month, oh Lord, may oh Lord, we always keep the cross before us, the world behind us, the cross before us, the world behind us, and may we never turn back. May we forever keep trusting on the work on the cross, and may the cross continue to do its work in our lives. So that we can be saved, saved, saved. Not just being saved from the penalty of sin. We also be saved from the power of sin. So that one day, we will be saved from the presence of sin. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen.